And we're live with Brent W. Peterson. Not to be confused with any other Brent Petersons. There's like 400 on, Petersons dude? in the world, so oh, 400,000 in Minnesota. Um, so Oh, no, there's not. Are you there's serious? A lot. Yeah. I think it's the second it's the second most that. common name. I think Anderson is the most common name in Minnesota. I don't know. You can Google Got it. Got it. Yeah. Google it. If you haven't Googled that already, I don't really know what you're doing with your life. I mean, these are the things you need to find out. So my wife is just getting home. I'm in I'm in my car in the garage, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, you look great. And thanks, man. Um, you look fantastic yourself. So I'm going to have to try um, this whole car thing. You should be driving. I think that'd be better. Well... Yeah, there's some challenges. There's some legalities to to work your your way around, you know, if you're driving. Um, but yeah, this is the new thing. Podcast in the car is is it's taking the world by storm. So, you know, you should uh, you should you should look into it. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's uh, it's all the rage. All the kids are doing it. It's uh, it's the only, it's. The only, the only way to go it's the only way to do it i could tell yeah so i am in a business group called eo and i see your 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 you're waving to your wife as she's either pulling in or pulling out she's like what is he (laughs) doing so i'm in a business group pre-pandemic uh i i i joined a conference with one of the one of the you know some super speaker i won't mention any names and um he joined from uh from um Walt Disneyland or something like that outside of a, he was going to get onto a roller coaster, but literally this was a keynote that we had scheduled or I didn't schedule it, but uh, the, the organization had scheduled and he joined okay. with his camera and joined okay. via zoom. And it was not great from a roller coaster <laughs> from outside of a roller coaster, like in the line <laughs> at, at Walt Disneyland or something like that. And got uh, it. It was a Got tough it. presentation to watch. Right. As he stood there <laughs> in a line of people. Be better now <laughs> because nobody'd be standing there, right? Yes. It would be it would be better now. Yeah. See, here's the great thing about the car in the garage is that um you get wi I got Wi Fi. I got great Wi Fi. So that's not an issue. I've got good connectivity, great soundproofing, right? Oh yeah. That's that's when you the have key. kids. That's the key. It's yep. all about soundproofing. So cars are probably, uh, your car is your probably single most soundproofed object that you own, believe it or not. So, Except for the um, the it's... cone of silence from the original Get Smart. And now you're going to have to Google that because it's quite hilarious. <laughs> Look up the cone of silence in the original Get Smart from the 1960s. You're going to have an entire to-do list of things to Google by the time you're done Absolutely. with this podcast. It's hilarious. Which is, <laughs> um, for, so for soundproofing, I'm building a little home studio in my basement. Um, not okay. like TJ Gamble. I'm not going to gamble hundreds of thousands of dollars on my sound studio. I'm First probably, of all, no... No, nobody, nobody does anything quite like TJ. Campbell, yeah, nobody so can compete against that. that I'm going to spend two no. percent of my budget, uh, like that, as compared to his hundred percent. He's going to be the United States military infrastructure, and I'm going to be like Ireland um, for right. for budgeting towards my 
my studio. But this morning I was recording and I got everything all set up very nicely. Made the mistake nice. of leaving the door upstairs open. And we have a new Jack right. Russell. So the next thing I know is Susan's that running down the do stairs, it. turns the corner, and all I hear is, no! And the, <laughs> this little puppy's found the basement, and, and we have carpeting, and has discovered that, hey, this carpet is just like grass. So if you listen, to, like my, if you listen to my podcast today with Yissa Ritzma, there will be a person yelling in the background that only comes in That's... for a second, and... I will give a Starbucks gift card if you can pick out that exact time. Five dollar ah, Starbucks okay. gift card. If you could pick out the, if you give me the time signature on that. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Big if the link is up, if the link is up, I will. I literally will stop our podcast right now and just go find hey, that. that I, because... I I recorded that early this morning and I published it okay. already. And it's up. Okay, because I, I mean, honestly, I'd rather just get the gift certificate. I mean, you know, well, as much as I enjoy chatting, I... For, for you, I would I send really it anyway. I could really use... Okay. Well, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hold you to that because, uh, you know, I really need... the. Con These are tough times, and I could use a gift card. As you sit in your coffee. Um, Model S, Tesla Model S, that you probably well, got hand-delivered from, from Elon Musk. Well, we you know we do hang out from time to time. Yeah, he's a good guy. Are you pro Elon Musk or anti? Elon I'm pro. Musk? This is my. Do you new... not read? Okay. You know? Do you not look at your social media? When I read. You... No, I okay. no, I read. Yeah. I read. I mean, I, I read a lot of stuff. Um, I read the New York Times cover to cover every morning. Um, I don't. I you know. No, I don't. Nice. Either. I don't either. Sit there with your cigar, um, your cigarette at the at the kitchen or kitchen table. Drinking your coffee, yeah. reading the New York 100%. Times. 100%. Sitting in my easy chair. That's how it should be. Yep. In you your know? pajamas before before 11 when you have to get up, when you have to actually go and think about doing your sabbatical and not <laughs> yeah, working. It's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah. Uh, so what what uh, what did you talk to Yissy about today, man? I saw his post on the open source situation. I... I, I um, I agreed with a lot of it. I was happy that he said a lot of the stuff he said. Yeah. So, so what I think did you guys rant about? We we tried to dig into what is the issue here, um, and it's really not. It's not about forking or not forking, right? And I didn't make the joke about uh, my my neighbor as I was growing up. Uh, I grew up in Golden Valley, Minnesota, and my neighbor had a uh, had a had like a thirty two Cadillac, this giant car. And he got personalized license plates on the car that said 4Q2. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure it had nothing to do with uh, forking a GitHub repository or any sort of repository uh, because it was like, you never this, is know. A, this is in the late 70s. Anyways. I mean, maybe Willem is 74 years old and he just is, is he, aged very he, well. He carries it very well. Anyway, so... I don't think that this is a, the the issue here is not about forking or not forking. The issue is about transparency and communication from Adobe. Right. And the second issue then is about the Magento Association and how much can they share? How much control do they have? And what do people think they can do? Mhm. Mm yeah, I think it's all, yeah, there's this, this kind of, it's all kind of bundled together. And it's weird. Like, I feel 
Look, even talking to you, right? You're an Adobe partner, right? Correct. I assume. Unless you've gotten pulled from the partner program for making tons of horrible dad jokes, which I assume could happen at any point. But getting close, yeah. <laughs> really but close. Like, it, you know, when people are in the partner program, they can't necessarily just, you know, th throw out whatever ideas or whatever thoughts they might have. So I'm always, I'm always kind of tiptoeing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like when I, I watch the panel and it feels like people are tiptoeing and tiptoeing and tiptoeing. And it's like, you know, I don't even want to ask you too many questions about it because I don't. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Nobody wants to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so, which I think is part of the issue. You know, I think is part of the challenge is that everybody's just so, you well, know. Yeah, but well, what is the issue here? I think the issue is pretty clear that, and they stated it, right? Uh, they, this, they, so I'll quote again. This makes for a, a lot of unknown variables. There is no public roadmap for Magento open source, and this has right. left a lot of the community who believe in the monolith is a who believe in the monolith is a valid approach to many cases feeling uneasy about the future of Magento. Right. So I think and it, it and I don't think it's about forking or not forking. It's not really about about monolith or or sp splitting up into microservices. It really is about helping people understand where the open source is, where the open source of Magento is going. Right, right, and and I just feel like, um, you know, I, you know, I'm I'm a little bit further from the details these days as far as what exactly they're introducing with the microservices and how that's differing from the traditional kind of monolith. I bundle together lots of different things under this category of like community unrest like the the, the people that have been complaining about con contributing the people that have posted an issue to github and they get no response and then 90 days later the issue gets auto closed right or you know uh, jacob winkler has posted a lot about stuff he's contributed and it just gets it just sits there i talked to damien retzinger about that yesterday Lukash, uh, uh, what's his face that, um, uh, he's going to get mad at me for that, that had similar issues. It's just like, there's all this stuff where there's all this energy of the community. Like Vinay said something to me, he said like, there's this energy and if it's not sort of harnessed, it gets frustrated. And that's what I see from like the 20,000 foot view is like, there's people waiting around on PRs. There's people waiting around for architectural direction there's just all this and we're just like, hey, let's start a dialogue with Adobe. What does that even mean? Start a dialogue. Like I want like I want to see people just do stuff, you know, like Willem came out with Hoova and everybody loves it. He reinvented the front end. Everybody loves it. Right. It's it's he's doing stuff. He's actually making stuff happen independently. I feel like that's kind of the spirit. I'm on a rant here. huh? I'm on a full on rant. Um, anyways, I feel like that's kind of the spirit of Magento is that we just go out and we do stuff, whether that's in the form of a, a module that we create and contribute or whatever, we just do stuff and we don't sit around waiting for approval from anybody. And I feel like we've just been sitting around waiting for approvals, you know, 
Now, I, that's just my... I could be completely wrong about that because I'm not very on the ground connected to all this stuff. Yeah, I think they're... I, I, you're, you're very correct in saying that people are sitting around waiting for fixes to get put in. And I right. think that uh, that Adobe has definitely missed the boat in terms of making sure that from the community side, they're keeping up with what's happening on those on those pull requests and, and those fixes because they are missing right. out on a huge amount of potential bugs that are in the code already and that are getting fixed. And that's a, right. it's a, you know, thousands of coders that are out there helping that. Um, right. So that's one issue. The other issue that you brought up is what is the roadmap of Magento? Um, I think there's sort of a roadmap for the commerce version of it, but it's not, it hasn't been published since say 2019. Uh, since right. the last time we had a live conference. Um, I don't know if they've <laughs> actually put out at any like Meet Magento India or any like this Meet Magento Poland. Did anybody from Adobe show up for the virtual part of it? I haven't seen the whole conference yet. But yeah, I did, don't know. I just, I just know they said that they had a travel restriction. So as far as actually going, nobody actually went there in person. Yeah. Um, so... Um, you know that's that I mean, I think just helping us to understand where we're going the last time I saw Anton Krill before he left Magento he gave a speech at Meet Magento Germany about Magento moving to isolated services right and I'm okay with that and the reason is is you can still put those isolated services together as a monolith and and deploy it now Yissa and I had the conversation this morning about does that mean uh you're gonna have to use something like gprs or some he he had a technical term that i've already forgotten um they're, they're like a graphql type of interface that's internal like binds those services together and is that mm -hmm. going to be slower than not binding them together i don't know who i don't care because if it isn't the adobe's probably going to fix it so is it is the yeah. monolith really an issue or not i don't know i think what the issue is is like what they've done with uh, with search, they've deprecated uh, a MySQL search in favor of Elasticsearch, without giving the option of having just a regular uh, MySQL search. And mm -hmm. geez, I know that everybody loves MySQL search. They love the fact yeah. that as you search for anything, you bring everything up in the database. Yeah. What could be better yeah. than if you had a thousand things and no matter what you search for, you always get a thousand results? Yeah. See, I'm being yeah. sarcastic now. You're not even laughing. I I, I didn't even catch that because all I was thinking about was going into my next rant. <laughs> so what you're saying is, what I hear you saying now is you're not actually listening to me. You're I, just thinking I, about what you're going to say next. I, you know, I did make that mistake, but let me take a step back. Let me take a step back. And what you said was, there's a thousand things in the database, and every search query returns you a thousand. So you're saying MySQL is horrendous for search, is what you're trying it to say. It sucks, but at least it works at to some degree, and it gives somebody that basic option if they want to. You know, the, the issue I, is yeah. making it as little like you want to make sure that it's is the, the the complication on the infrastructure side is low, so people are it's easy entry, right? We yes, don't want it to be super yes. complicated that people don't want to use it or it's something that's right. only for big enterprise companies to use. Right. I and, and, and I heard that sort of said so many different ways by Willem and others on the panel is, is it's like, hey, 
keeping things simple, um, you know, so that people can get into it simply so that it's not this, this super overcomplicated thing to work with. Of course, on the higher end, things are always going to get more complicated um, for different types of more complex projects. Um, but like, yeah, like if you can just keep things simple and easy to use, um, there's so much power in that. I can't, you know, I can't give a, a technical argument for Elasticsearch versus MySQL. Um, I sort of, you know, I, I kind of follow the community. I see if people are upset and disgruntled and then that's what I kind of pay attention to these days. Um, but, and again, I, I think Whova is this huge precedent where I know it's only a front end. I know it's not all of Magento, but a significant chunk of Magento was reimagined in a very simple way. Right, like less JavaScript, less complexity, and it's been successful, and people love working with it, um, and it works in the real world in production. This isn't like somebody the rantings of somebody that hasn't actually done anything in the real world. So, I feel like it's taking that same um, approach. Like they were talking about how you can't compete in Magento with SaaS offerings. You can't do anything for $10,000. You can't do anything at all in these lower price ranges. Um, and they were saying, you know, now with Whova, they're able to compete at some of these lower, um, price targets in Europe and different markets, which for them is, is a win, you know, and it just opens up you know, the, that's what our roots are in the Magento community. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, literally, because you 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 sing in your choir. Um, and <laughs> do you still sing in your choir, by the way? Um, I am signed up to play piano at church in that's October. Right. Yes, that's right. First time <laughs> of the year. Oh, nice. nice. Yep, that's cool. So, anyways, I don't know, man. Uh, it's um. Proof will be in the pudding. That's another thing that Vinay said on the on the panel, which I really enjoyed. It was very it was very interesting. Um, so well, I think that uh, the, I mean I think that Willem Willem has started something that that has been that has been lacking in our community. Um, if we look back at what happened when eBay bought Magento, it took about three years for for them to realize that there is a strong underpinning of public sentiment that that involved around Magento. And um, there was a number of people that got invited to the Imagine Conference and, uh, um, and um, you know, they, re they sort of reinvigorated the community. And then I think the next year they sold, they sold it. Um, <laughs> so, um, when uh, you know, I think when uh, Marco Lavelle took took over, then there was this recommitment to the to the community. I'm interested in learning uh, from people that that were involved in, say, uh, AEM, Apache Sling, or one of the other open source platforms that they have. Uh, what what that community looks like, and I know it's a different type mm -hmm. of community. I think AEM's on Java, um, and it's a little bit more mature maybe than Magento, mm -hmm. but it'd be interesting to see what what's happened to those people and do does uh does adobe still listen to them yeah that's a good question i, I think i want to say cordova or, or PhoneGap or one of those was also one of the bigger open source projects that had been acquired and i was always curious 
about the same thing. You know, how, how, how have things gone with some of these other open source communities? Um, but I don't know. I think probably the fact that we don't already know, like they're not there there isn't like a Drupal community out there. There isn't a typo three community well, out there. Well there is a Drupal there's community. A, no, 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 I know, but I'm saying under Adobe. Like, oh right, okay. There there you know, there isn't there aren't one of these kind of bigger open source communities that you think of immediately. So yes, I mean I I don't really know. And then of course, you know, more and more people are leaving every day, right? Like Matt AC was there for a while and he was rah rah open source and then he was gone. And Ben Marks, of course, is uh is uh now at uh not Sp uh, shopware, right? Not at Spriker. Um I was gonna say Spriker. Um um uh Guido moved to Spriker, right? Yeah. Um so, you know, um yeah, there's just this like uh, you know a lot of people like Anton's at WordPress at WP Engine, right? Piotr is at is it uh, WP Big, Engine? I thought he's at Big, Big Commerce. Commerce. Yeah, For, yeah. First it was WP Engine, then Big Commerce, right? right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think that then, you know when they get so large that those people are going to come and go, and that that's just a, that's the reality of what it is. And uh, you know the the I think the the key point there is that the community can't be made up of any one person or group of people at Adobe slash Magento. And the community never was made up of core people at Magento. The community right. was made up of our community. And if right. we look all the way back to that first Imagine conference, um, it was, you know, a whole bunch of people from all over the world that made up that community. Mm -hmm. Germans and French people and a few Americans. Yeah. Um, that kind of, that, that, started there or at least were the some of the core people in that community and then um and that, that's just continued to change and and grow and ebb and flow um and mm -hmm. people come and go and and join and leave and are interested and not interested um but i think that's that's the key part of it and that's where i think that's where willem and vinai and and the team at um at hufa have have tapped into and mm -hmm. now this open letter now has spurred something that is is causing people to at least raise their eyebrows wake up mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and, and take some notice and something's happening yeah yeah i mean i'm even feeling re-energized you know and and i you know i've got other stuff i'm starting to focus on i always feel guilty that i i don't do you know uh, do more for the association and different things like that and um you know i i i've drift my interests have drifted you know as like a lot of people's do um but yeah this whole thing has kind of got me all excited and bothered <laughs> you know and, and got me you know thinking about things and kind of thinking back to like, what is that original Magento community spirit that's somehow being expressed, um, here, um, you know, a little bit of a rebellious <laughs> spirit it, or at least a kind of an independent, you know, there's a real independent streak in the Magento community. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I think, think uh, you know, Yoav and, and, and Roy and, and Bob were all, very independent-minded people who promoted that culture in our community. And really, the, yep. the key 
was that they promoted innovation that happened in it. And I think the one thing that we are we are sorely missing in Magento specifically is that drive from leadership, and I'll just say leadership is at the Adobe level here, that drive to innovate and have the community innovate. And the frustrations that you mentioned earlier around maybe and around not getting pull requests done, um, if you can't get a pull request done and looked at for an error, how, what is your chances of getting a pull request for something that is contributing that is actually innovative to Magento rather than just fixing something? Right. Right. Yeah, totally. And and I don't know. I don't know what the realities are on the ground. I'm sure that they've got a, a, a tough workload. It's probably hard to manage all these issues and things that are coming in. There's probably a lot of noise coming in. So it's probably a hard, tricky thing to solve. But I don't know. I just feel like if the community sort of just did their own fork, I kind of just feel like it would... It would just, I want to believe that it would work better. And and maybe that's naive, you know, maybe at this scale, that's completely naive. I don't know, but I, I'm like, let's do it. Let's, you know, let's, let's see what this thing would be, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not convinced on forking yet. Um, I, um, I, I would like to have, I would like to have Adobe energized a little bit more internally to kind of see some value in what the community can do. Um, and I know that there's an answer for whatever is out there um, to fix. And I think, you know, the reality too is that what, what I don't remember what year they started publishing um, the code on GitHub. It wasn't that long ago that we couldn't even contribute to bug fixes that you had to email somebody and email your patch yep. and hopefully it got looked at. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that, where it's been it's a it's relatively new that we could actually co we could we could do a pull request and we could uh offer that as a fix yeah. um i think that they just need to make pay some pay some attention to it and you know it just really what it comes back down to though is just communication and transparency and if they were to come out and say hey we don't have enough people to do this we don't have enough people to actually look at all these bugs that you're putting in right right like people have asked like, okay, wh what exactly is the association's role with open source? Is the association doing events only? Are they going to be somehow, you know, in charge of open source? And then like, I think it was said in the panel yesterday that like a dialogue was started with Adobe on the topic, right? What exactly does that mean that a dialogue was started? Like you're saying transparency, like, okay, who's the person that is in charge of this? When, like, like when was the issue raised? How much time has passed? When, <laughs> when are we going to get an answer? You know. So I guess you're. I think you're right. From that perspective, is is, is like if we could get transparency, um, that would that would be great. And I don't. I don't think anybody there is like a bad guy. Like I just think, I don't know. They probably have their own internal meetings and internal policies, and they're just doing their job. You know. But something is amiss. <laughs> Something is something's not aligned. So like how can we I don't know. How can I don't know. You know? Yeah, you're gonna love my next analogy. Um, <laughs> so if we were to look at the Magento Association as being sort of this socialistic type entity that 
has to do everything as a collective and it doesn't want to upset the masses. So yeah. everything is very is very vanilla and and yes. even keel. And yes. if if you were to stand there's no room for dissenters or people to rate to stand up and say, "Hey, we got to move faster." There's no room for anything to happen quickly because yeah. it has to go through so many processes and it has to go through x exactly. y and z. And there's exactly. th that's just not going to happen. So, you know, I don't know if that's going to get any better and I don't know why it would be any better in the in a in this Magenta Mage Open Source Community Alliance. They were able to make that letter happen quickly because they only involved the people that were there, right? So, if we were to say, and I, you know, like I didn't know, apparently that letter was floating around for a week. Um, so mm -hmm. it was it was seen by a few people, which I can understand. But if you were now to say, okay, I want to have everybody see it. Okay, well, now everybody's going to have a different opinion, mm -hmm. and and uh, suddenly you get mired down in in um, in a whole bunch of you know what, not so a whole good. bunch of malarkey. Malarkey, that's a great word. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, and that malarkey then just keeps us keeps our feet stuck, and we can't move because yeah. we're waiting to get out of this malarkey. Where yeah, if, I mean, if you're more if you're smaller and more agile, you can make those decisions quickly and go forward. It's kind of like exactly. It's kind of like you know, as a leader, you need to make those decisions. You have to do it sometimes unilaterally uh, because you need to make them quickly. And as you know, as somebody that is an entrepreneur, then that is part of the culture. But if you're looking at something where it's a bigger organization like Adobe or like Smith Buckland and you have to follow a whole set of rules and uh, you have to go through every single step and hoop and and there is no room for for pushing the envelope because yeah what, what we knew what, I guess you know what we really need here is Elon Musk <laughs> That's what it he would save to. he would save magento open source I mean I think Willem is the Elon Musk you know um, which, um, you know, I think, you know, that you need, um, I, I'm a big believer in what individuals can do, right? Like you, you, you threw out the analogy of, of, um, socialism or kind of collectivism, which is kind of contrasted against kind of individual, what, what an individual or a small group of individuals can do. Right. I mean, think of Laravel started by Ta one guy, Taylor Otwell, you know, and, and it's, it's this huge, ecosystem that's grown, but he's continued as the kind of BDFL, you know, the sort of benevolent, benevolent dictator for life. And, and it's, it's, it's doing great, right? It's thriving. Um, whereas Magento is kind of, um, stagnated in, in some ways. And anyway, I, you know, I just think that, and I, and I know he probably hates it every time I, I sort of make a big deal out of him individually, um, cause he's trying to build a, a team and kind of, I think, catalyze kind of a broader movement, you know, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I think one person can, can build something, you know, incredible. It's like, it's like the mythical man month, you know, I'm sure Adobe's throwing tons of resources at various things. I'm sure if you looked at their burn charts and their budgets, they would be significant. 
But that doesn't always mean that, you know, things are getting done. And and I know that people on the association have put in a ton of effort, a ton of time, a ton of blood, sweat, and tears. I just, you know, that doesn't always guarantee, res- like, results, right? Sometimes one person or a small group of people can get stuff done super fast, right, on a, on a, on a shoestring budget. Um Whereas the bigger incumbent, right, can spend a lot of money and not really, and and a lot of time and not really kind of go as fast, you know? Yeah, no, I think you you hit it there. And there's two sides to that whole thing about about collectivism. There is a broad community that can support a a dream of somebody. And that, that broad community, it can come together in the terms of Magento and fix a whole bunch of bugs, right? Uh, yeah. But if that, but what that broad community can't do as a community is 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 always agree on what is the next best thing that we what is the next big thing that we should do for our community to move us forward um, because you are always going to have somebody that is more I'll use the word conservative and liberal. Uh, not in the political sense, but just if you think about it, people would like some people in our community would like it to stay the way it has been, and some people would right. like to grow into new things. And there's new people right. coming to the community that no don't care about what happened in Magento One. They they're they're in they're involved in Magento Two, uh, right. and they would like to see that. So there's all kinds of opposing views that are happening. So the two right. sides are are the broad community helps support it and maintain it and and make sure that we're we're growing in a flat sense you know we're growing but it's it's really just maintaining something then there's the little people that are poking things at it that are lighting fires here and there like the hoofa theme right and those people are the ones that are sticking out that are making things happen right yeah so you know in terms of in terms of the uh, uh mosca 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 M O S C A. In terms of Magento Mosca, Open Source Community Alliance. What is it? Alliance. Alliance. Right. Alliance. That's so, it. you know, what does that mean? Okay, are they all going to? Uh, if what if what if there is a bunch of people that would like to go with isolated services instead of microservices, and I would like my catalog to be able to be deployed differently than my my customer group or whatever that is. Uh, or mm-hmm. my searcher, or however you want to deploy things, because it'll make me it'll make my solution a little easier because I don't change anything but my catalog and and I mm-hmm. need to scale my catalog, so I only want to scale that part of it or whatever that piece is. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some people that want that, and I you know I think that the idea that that between PWA and Hoofa, uh, a bolted on theme versus a a PWA theme. Um, you know, that's just the beginning of making it more complicated. And does, does it, um, does it make it so much more complicated that people aren't going to use it? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the million dollar question. Like, I don't know, you know, I mean, I, 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 I did some stuff with like Laravel, which uh, bundles all sorts of uh, modern JavaScript stuff that I wasn't familiar with Webpack and, all sorts of stuff that I just was not at all familiar with. And it mostly just worked right out of the box because they had it configured and packaged in a way that it was easy to get up and running. 
and kind of onboarded me into this tool set. And um, my sense is that it's it's sort of the exact opposite case with a lot of the Magento stuff, where it's like, you know, things just take a long time to get to get going, and the complexity is slowing every you know everybody down. So, I, I I don't know. I mean, you you would know better than I would. You know what the pros and cons are to the isolated services. Um, it, it just seems like there's this contingent that is saying, let's keep it simple. Um, which makes sense to me. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, and I, I don't know. It seems like the enterprise commerce edition, whatever the heck it's being called these days, I still call it enterprise, um, is kind of Adobe commerce ed, ed, enterprise edition is, is going to be like a different thing. It just feels like it's going to be an entirely different thing from <laughs> whatever Magento is now. I mean, why not just have it become an entirely different thing written in Java microservices. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm hearing that it's going to be getting rewritten in Java or something like that. I don't know where I heard that from, but, um, well, you're in Austin, so you should know, I should know these things. I, you know, I hear things What you where more. you should be hanging out at the coffee shops where all the Adobe employees hang out and you should be overly overhearing their conversations. Well, maybe that's what I do. Maybe that's where this is coming from. Okay, you know, you good. Never, you, you never know. You never know. But, um, you know, maybe they should just be completely different things. I mean, just let let the open source Magento crazies let us do our thing with our little SMB market and, and let the upmarket, you know, Adobe Commerce guys go nuts. You know, go absolutely nuts with your architecture. Rewrite it in Java. Rewrite it in in Golang. Whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Maybe yeah, that's you know, the I th answer. I think the key here is still the underlying issue that is still there is just the lack of transparency and communication from Adobe. Right. That's yeah. all. I mean, that what you've just said it would solve everybody's problem because if they did that, then sure, we, that people would fork it and we'd be off to the races with Magento two open source, and the Magento uh, or Adobe Commerce then would become its own little beast that would live on uh, on, on through the Adobe world. Right. Um, I don't know if Adobe would want to do that because I think they've also left, um, uh, you know, Apache Sling there, which is the underpinning of Experience Manager, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I actually had a conversation with Damien Retziger yesterday. Um, I don't know if you know him, but he's a, he's a, he's a cool guy. And uh, he, um, it's not live yet, but um, he was saying something really interesting, which is that uh, Magento is kind of like open source, but not exactly in the sense that a lot of these architectural decisions, right? Like I heard from, I think, one or two different people, the thing about Java, okay? Not going to say who, because again, that's kind of the nature of this beast is that it's like, you know, a guy and you have a conversation with some person, but it's off the record because they're not supposed to, what, Right. And this is sort of exactly how open source is not supposed to work. Everything should be discussed out in the open. It should all be discussed on GitHub. Whoever was talking about rewriting it in Java, if, in case, if they were in fact, that should just be discussed openly, right? Like, but there's all these backroom conversations, right? There's the partner ecosystem. There's always these backroom conversations. And part of that is... 
you know, there's a closer relationship between partners, and that's that can be a good thing. That can be a feature, not a bug. But it's it's also just kind of you know it's kind of wacky the whole thing. Um, but that's you know, back kind to of, somebody's got to make a decision, right? At some point, the decisions, the the moving forward decisions have to be made, and they shouldn't involve every single person in the whole world. You know, well, there's okay. going to have to I be mean, a group of leaders that that do that, and they're going to have to make that decision and then live with that live with that decision. You could be right. I mean, yeah. That's what I mean, leadership you know, is. <laughs> that's what leadership is. That's what leadership is. And in business, that's that's how sort of business works. Um, you know, you've been a business owner for many years and you've had to make those types of decisions and stuff. Um, I think, you know, and, and, and certainly if you just ask for everyone's opinion and do what everybody wants you to do, I think that's the wrong approach too. So I don't know, man. I, well, I, I don't have let's, any answers. Let's talk about this, right? I've seen more more now about people saying this is splintering our community. Okay. Right, How many times right. have we heard that in the last 10 years? <laughs> that um, this is splintering our community. I don't know. What are you actually, what are you thinking? What What other things are you thinking about that we're... We've heard that splintering. over and over again that the community is breaking up and this is the end. And I think you remember um, in 2014 at Meet Magenta, New York, um, Kurt, uh, oh, Kurt from Class Lama. There's no Lama. nucleus or there's no center of gravity. Right. He had <laughs> right? that big speech. And Karen Baker did the same thing about how our community is falling apart. And, uh, you know, I right. think those are the times where, um, where maybe it is splintering and, and having those people stand up and talk about it brings us together again so but is it splintering yeah. is yes of course it's always splintering people are going off in their own directions and so it's been, it's been me, in a process of continual splintering for 12 years you know <laughs> but really like what what is it that you're saying if it's splintering and where would you like it to go because we just talked about the the, the collective wants to be this community right but the people like Willem are pushing the boundaries to make something new happen. And we all agree that what he was doing is good, right? But right. other people are saying that we should we should split Magento into small pieces. Some people right. agree with that. Some people don't. That's right. splintering the community, right? right. Everybody's not going to have the exact same opinion about everything. So right. what does splintering the community mean? Yeah, I think I go back to Laravel because I'm I, that's the other it's the closest analog I have. You've got one leader, Taylor Otwell, who is incredible. He every year he reads the entire code base line by line. That's how committed this dude is. Everybody respects him as the like a lot of open source projects need to have a leader, right? A BDFL. And um, Linus Torvalds, right? You think of these people, and um, or or companies need a founder. You know, you know, you have a founder that's led the company from day one, and I I feel like that is is kind of an important thing. We don't have that right now. Um, although I think maybe that's Willem. That's my campaign, Willem for BDFL. But I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I mean, yes, th this would this could splinter things, I guess. 
Um, I, I think organically, if if it was successful, it would start to pick up steam. And then maybe people that were not as interested in it would start to find a use case for it, right? I mean, I mean, what about commerce and open source? Is that a splintering? Is that a, is that a splintering of the community? You know, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, a commerce and open source is just a name, and that's been around forever. You know, I think Magento Enterprise came out in 2010. Yeah, and uh, you know, the reality is that Magento has to make money, so they have to pay. They have to pay the bills. Yeah, money is good. Money is money is important. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess I, I think the point you raise is is interesting to me. Is like. Everybody's always saying that everything is splintering the, the community. And the argument the association is making is, listen, guys, we have been working for three years now to create this association, to put some structure in place, to foster dialogues, and you guys are trying to blow it all up. And you guys are saying, oh, we're just going to do our own thing. And they're saying, we want you to work with us, right, as the association to communicate these things in a in a clear way to Adobe and, and I feel, and like, I get that, but at the same time, it's like, there's so much pent up frustration and angst in the community. And it's just like, it's sort of spontaneously combusting. <laughs> I feel like in some ways, but you doesn't know? it feel like ever that's, that's what's happening Every time this happens, <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, it feels like mean? the things are falling apart when this right. happens, you know, when it, when it felt like when, um, eBay bought Magento and, uh, they had that conference X commerce conference. And then the next year, it wasn't the Magento imagine conference. It was just imagine like Magento came out of it completely. <laughs> right. 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 Like right. for, you know, Magento was removed completely from the verbiage in right. in, those, in in the conversation. Um, right. It felt like it it that was worse than it is now, in some sense. Right. Because it felt right. like it was getting sucked into some behemoth like eBay, and and we're never going to get it back. I think that the corporate overlords they keep trying to sort of absorb. Magento, and then it just doesn't, it just can't happen. Like, like I said, man, the community is rebellious. We like to do our own thing. We have our own hive mind, you know, we're going to keep fighting, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to keep forking, you know, it's going to keep happening. Yep. Uh, you know, think about, um, Think about you. Think about these business leaders that are making these decisions that don't give uh, rats whatever about Magento. They bought Magento in, in the sense that they needed it. They wanted a commerce platform to, to go into the um, broader uh, portfolio for Adobe. Right. Uh, and what they could have chose some other platform that's a SaaS platform. They could have chose something like Big Commerce or whatever's out there. They chose a Magento, and it's a PHP platform. I don't. I'm just. I'm just putting out my guesses here. I'm guessing they didn't think about. Hey, this is PHP, and none of the other products on Adobe are PHP. 
right? <laughs> they, they didn't think of any of that. I'm sure they looked at a bunch of factors that right. made it, from a business standpoint, make, made it make sense. And then the next thing after that, you have a whole bunch of managers that make decisions that, again, don't necessarily align with where Magento was. They just are looking at where they would like it to be, not necessarily thinking about how it got there and how it's going to get maintained in terms of, hey, you know, we have 300,000 people that care about it. Um, are we going to upset them if we start doing this? Or are, we going to, are they going to feel shut out when we stop talking altogether? Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean when we stop talking altogether? Well, you know, if, if we look at this as being a communications problem, and the communication is just they're not telling us what's going to be happening in the future with Magento, they are, they're really, in, in a sense, not really telling us where, they, where, where it's going, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know necessarily where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, a concern that the community has because they would like, people would like to know where yeah. it's going. And yeah. even more than, I, I think people want to be included in that. They want to feel, if it's a community, you want to feel like you're included in the community. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what's happening and the decisions are being made and you don't even know what's going to be happening, that yeah. you feel incredibly left out of the community. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that may be it. That may be the issue at hand. I don't know. I just miss Ben Marks, you know. Well, we can do our ne- I think, next episode on shopware. Well, I don't know the first thing about shopware other than I think it's the next Magento. Yep. But, um, they seem to have some strong grassroots growth. As long as you get um, the Germans involved and then the Dutch, the Dutch and the Germans, want, that's, that's all we a, need. Pa- that's a powerhouse. Con- are the Dutch getting into shopware? Is that is that? I'm sure they to... are. Look at all the people on Hufa, and they're going to be they're going to be in shopware, definitely. Oh, are, oh, are they going to be in shopware? Is that happening? I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm making stuff up. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's fake news. Uh, fake news. Fake news. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. But yes, I do. I just miss Ben. That's all I wanted to say. That's really. That's really all there is to say at this point. Well, why don't we, we need have you, a, Ben? Let, Come back to us. Let's what do, have you done? You've left us orphaned like orphaned children in our time of need. And we why need don't you we back do here. In, let's do an interview with Ben. It's a great idea. What do you, are no, you drinking just, Diet Coke? Is that a whole thing full of Diet Coke you got going there? This is rum. but Okay, it's uh, a big thing yeah, of no, rum. Di- yeah, nice. no, because Diet no, Diet Coke isn't very good for you, so... Okay, so you just I, do a Diet Coke and rum, leave out the Diet Coke. <laughs> More or less. Um, no ice, just dump the rum Actually, in. there's actually a ton of ice. I'm surprised you can't hear all the ice in here. There's no, quite a your bit microphone is very good, pointed right at your oh, mouth. It is good. Um, I, I would love to talk to Ben. I've thought about that a lot. I just feel like... He probably, you know, he probably can't talk much. Of, see, it goes back to the same thing I opened up our conversation with. 
Uh, he probably can't talk about much, you know, I'd imagine. He probably doesn't want to go rant about every internal problem there was, you know. He's left Magento. So, like, uh, I would love nothing more than to pick his brain for five hours straight. But I can't imagine he wants to talk about that stuff publicly, you know. Maybe yeah. privately, and then I'll just record it on the down low and publish mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you, you know? stick your your you you have your phone on record in your pocket, <laughs> so it'll just that's, be like. That's, 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 you said that's what? I heard it. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that, Ben. <laughs> really? That really happened? See, there you go. I, I we could do the interview ourselves, and you, we yeah. could just pretend. Yeah, that's the other, that's the other option. We could just do a mock interview. You you be Ben Marks, but you do an amazing muffle the Ben Marks. I will mm-hmm. say, and, absolutely. Um, and Lots I'll be of me, practice. You know, yeah. Um, Good. We could probably do a pretty a pretty solid job. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I think we've solved everything. Personally, I mean, yeah, all they burned- need to do. You know, we burned is, through 53 minutes of solving. All they need to do is hit play on this bad boy and listen to everything we say, do everything we say, and it's all solved. You know, it's done. Shantanu yep. um, is who we're sending it to, right? 100%. Yeah, we're yeah. going to hand deliver this to him on his doorstep in a, in a, thumb, in a thumb drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I heard that Laravel was named after a guy named Larry Vell. <laughs> did you hear that? I did, I did not. Uh, V-E-I-L. <laughs> and um, if it would, it would have been Larry Vile, like Vale, Colorado, otherwise. But uh-huh. now it's Larry Vell, and they just shortened it. <laughs> did you hear that same rumor? Like his neighbor's <laughs> name was Larry Vell. Please tell me you're not serious. Are you serious? No. <laughs> hey, how did you get me? I was like, the very last minute, I was like, oh my God, he's serious. Yeah, we made it through this whole episode without any oh, jokes. Oh God, and, you are um, literally the most deadpan dad joker on the planet i've been told that just when i think i have you figured out you throw me for a loop you know um uh speaking of uh of well so a couple couple things as we close out um if if willem is our elon musk it is going to be infinitely less expensive for him to shoot the hoover theme into space than it was for Elon to shoot his first <laughs> Tesla into space, right? Right. Um, um, he yes. only has to strap on a, you know, you. I guess you would probably wanted to put it on a thumb drive of some sort, the code, and then shoot it up. And we could even shoot yes. it up on a small rocket. It doesn't have to be a regular rocket. Well, yes. That said, I'm pretty sure any kind of a rocket even one that's only big enough to carry a thumb drive is is not cheap. Yeah. All right. You know. So somebody's going to have to fund that for Willem. So we could do 100%. a GoFundMe page. 
we'll or get we could just up. see if we could get it in uh, on one of the uh, one of Elon Musk's um, SpaceX rockets. That Let's would be cheaper. I'll 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 have a chat with him next time I see him down at and the I do I do have a Tesla joke for you as we close it out. Good lord! Uh, somebody, I just figure out me. I just figured out why Teslas are so expensive. Okay, <laughs> because they charge a lot. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh God! Thank you. Did you yep. do that? Did you come up with that one yourself? I don't come up with any of my jokes. Myself. You don't come up with any of them. No, but you deliver them like an absolute champion. Yeah, that's the only. I don't even know if that's my talent. Well, I don't think it is. I no, I wouldn't. I do come up with spontaneous jokes, uh, and I do have to explain them. I think that's the best part of it. <laughs> it is the best part. My my Ladies best joke. My best joke yes. when I'm running, I know we're over now, but uh, no, I do, no, no. We have I do my long runs, um, and oftentimes we're out with, I'm with the new, say I'm with a new group of people and we're doing 20 miles or something like that. Right. I wait until mile 18 and I, my advice is always running is always running is, is, is uh, 90% mental right. and the last 15% is in your head. <laughs> And I leave it at that, and we just keep going. And then, if they're paying attention it. at all, what I say, they will question my math. But a lot of times, they're not—they're not at the point where they could think straight. So. They don't—they don't catch it. Kind of like I didn't catch mm -hmm. your my sequel joke. They just kind of go like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." That's good. That's yeah. good. Good inspiration. Right. I love it. I love it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Brent Peterson, all done here. We're wrapping it up. Over and out. Cheers.